You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors. Christmas, Gotham City. In breaking news, Gotham is officially crime-free as Batman continues to clean it up. Dad, I'm ready to be a superhero like you. Merry Christmas, kiddo. <gasps> My own utility belt! Which should only be used in case of a bat emergency. Oh, come on, Dad. I'm not a baby. Hey, I never said you were a baby. Justice League. Sorry, Damien. I gotta go. Shall I assume we did not see the Bat Razor? I like it. Totally ups my intimidation game. You have donut crumbs in your intimidation game, sir. <laughs> I promise I'll be back before Christmas. Oh, man. I'm the worst dad ever. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin. Oh, how I want to make this a very special Christmas Eve. And what better way to do it than by stealing Christmas! I have to show Dad I can handle myself. Whoa! It's a bit saggy. Well, that one just leaves nothing to the imagination. <gasps> Dad made me a bat suit? Awesome. Oh, wait until they get a load of me. Welcome back, citizens of Gotham to the Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts, as you all know, you know my voice, it is me, Mr. Philip Barker, alongside my heroic longtime co-host, Mr. Craig Blaylock. Thank you again for joining us in the Batcave. Craig, it's been like a month and a half since we've done an episode. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit. <laughs> it's been well, a lot going on. You know, it, it's the holiday season. We've been busy. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Work is crazy. COVID's coming back, and we're just, you know, it's Phil's, just been busy. Phil's a new cat dad. I am a cat dad. I am absolutely a cat dad. I'm not cat well, man, but I am cat dad. <laughs> I mean, I feel if that was the case, I'd probably be more cat man, considering I have three cats now. So You, you are cat man. <laughs> but this is not a cat man podcast. This is a Batman podcast. This is a podcast. Batman podcast, yes. That's right. That's right. 
No, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I am a cat dad. I was already a cat dad, but I have another cat. I have a kitten now named Kiki. So yes, I, I have been tending to a kitten for the last two weeks. It's been quite the journey getting to feed her every morning and every night, and you know, give her formula and pet her and bathe her and love her. What? It, well, I haven't actually <laughs> given her a bath, but cats bathe themselves, so I don't need to give her a bath. I need yeah. to give myself a bath. <laughs> Not to say that I haven't showered in like 24 hours because I absolutely have, but yeah, that... Phil, Phil actually hasn't taken a shower since our last episode. Yes, you got me. <laughs> I, I have been a dirty sob for the last month and a half. You got me. Thanks for putting me on blast, Craig. I love oh, you. Oh, that, that kind of gives me the shivers. Like I can't go like even even after if I go a day without a shower, I feel disgusting. I'm right there with you. I can't go more than a day without showering because I just don't like feeling dirty from work or dirty yeah. from lawn work and just yeah i just i i can't I, ha I have to shower at least once a day yep same if not at the very very least once every other day yep that's it that's my absolute like i can't go longer than that so then this kind of begs the question when does batman shower i mean it's bruce uh, let's see i mean you got to imagine alfred would force him to shower because you got to imagine alfred doesn't want to deal with that in the uh in the manor mm, probably wouldn't doubt it but since it's been like a month and a half there's quite a few things that we should and could and can and will talk about there's been a lot going on there has been some stuff has gone back into production given the sag strike is now finally over as of damn a week ago two weeks ago i think i was say about a, a week and a half ago i think is when they announced that it was done right we got a nice neat little trailer for that merry little batman we've been talking about mm -hmm. which i'm sure we will get right into immediately um there's rumors of a writer for batman brave and the bold that we're going to talk about uh and then we've also got a little bit of video game talk to talk about too but i mm -hmm. guess we can just kind of jump right into it since we mentioned the sag strike uh the penguin show has now resumed filming and as a result of the strike the show has been pushed from spring 2024 to fall 2024 and i actually think that's a little bit more fitting given the world that that show takes place in yep no i'm just i'm just glad to know that this uh series is starting up again because i i want to see more of this world man i oh, want right to see more you. i want to see more of reeves world i want to see i want to see more of Farrell's penguin well since the writer strike ended in october um matt reeves and matt Tomlin have probably been getting away at the batman 2 script which I yeah. think we talked about not last episode, but the episode before that with rumors swirling of what villain might be in that film, yep. right? Yep. And so, I, I, I don't know. I, I think as far as like getting more of this world, Penguin's going to be a nice, uh, to, to quote Peter Safford here, a nice aperitif leading into mm -hmm. Batman Part 2. I mean, we've speculated plenty of times about what could or could not happen in the show outside of the fact that we know that obviously Oswald Cobblepot is a central character. We're going to see uh, Sophia Falcone come into the play and Clancy Brown is Salvatore Moroni. That's going to be I really cool. I can't wait for that, dude. Uh, Clancy Brown is such a solid actor. Oh, you know what's funny? Him playing Moroni is going to be great. Okay, so here's a fun little connection I'll give you. So I watched Dumb Money the other day. Do you know what this movie is? That sounds familiar. Okay, so do you remember at the tail end of COVID, they, there was this big big thing about GameStop stocks getting bought up by people to oh, kind of screw yes, yes. this, is, this okay. is the movie about it isn't it yes so check this out the main character uh Roaring Kitty was his screen name but the character of Kevin Keith Gill I 
forgive me if I misread. Point is, the actor playing the main character is Paul Dano, the Riddler in the Batman. Oh, really? Okay. So guess who plays his dad in the movie? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. <laughs> That's awesome. It's it was it, okay. When I when I watched Dumb Money, I was like, oh yeah, this was a thing that happened in the real world. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see how this all played out. And it honestly, this is the most social network movie I've seen since Social Network. <laughs> it's that good. It was a really it was just a really solid way of basically laying out the events of how the GameStop stock got to be as big as it did and how it screwed over hedge fund owners. <laughs> really, really worthwhile watch. I highly recommend it, definitely, especially for you Batman fans. If you're Paul Dano fans, by all means, check it out. Um, Shailene Woodley's in it. She was almost Mary Jane Watson in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Pete Davidson's in it. He plays the main character, Shithead Brother. And um, it's got Seth Rogen in it. Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. And the guy from Parks and Rec, who was Nick, the guy with the, the mustache, he was also in The Last of Us, Nick Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman, there we go. He's in it as well. He plays the head honcho, hedge funder. Oh, and Sebastian Stan's in it too. Winter Soldier. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. Very well-made movie. Very well-made. I wouldn't call it a a documentary per se, but you know how like social network was kind of a biopic, not biopic. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that. Okay. But yeah, def- definitely worth the watch, but to bring it back to, to penguin, it, you know, Clancy Brown's Salvador Moroni. I'm, I'm sold there. Like yeah. you, 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 you mentioned that name with that character. I'm like, okay, sign me up. I have nothing to worry yeah. about. I'm, I'm there. Um, but I do, I, I think we've even mentioned before, like will, or will they not fill the seat of district attorney in the show? Or were they going to wait until Batman part two? Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see it. Cause I, I would imagine this show is probably going to be maybe what, maybe eight to 10 episodes. Yeah. If I, I had could to guess. see, I could see at the end, maybe the last episode they introduce the district attorney. Uh, the max model usually has eight episodes, and I'm I'm yeah. gonna safely say Penguin is probably gonna be eight episodes. Yeah. I would guess that the final episode either lands with the district attorney reveal, or we get a Pattinson Gordon cameo recapping mm. the events. Okay, of yeah, Penguin, yeah, yeah. something like that. Because I I can't imagine that 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 this series won't at some point, if not throughout, reference Pattinson's Batman, or if not, he outright shows up. Or do they flip it? Do they bring in the district attorney at the beginning of the show, then throughout the episodes of the show, we watch as the district attorney goes through whatever he's dealing with with the crime bosses, also integrating the Penguin in there, Mm -hmm. and then do they hint at, like, well, who could this district attorney be? become later on i don't know honestly i mean the it based on that 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 you know that behind the scenes featurette teaser thing they showed off a while yeah. ago you really get the sense that this is going to be oswald just take it, it it's the power vacuum it's the power vacuum that was established at the end of the batman and yeah. a lot of these crime lords are going to be vying for that power yep absolutely i mean even penguin himself is inside the the old penthouse that was Carmine's, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm excited. I like Colin Farrell. I think he's a 
fantastic actor. He did a phenomenal job as Oswald Cobblepot in that movie, and I don't doubt one bit that he's going to continue to bring that same presence in this series. I, I mean, I just don't know how he's going to top his all-time best villain role, Bullseye. Yeah, that... <laughs> No, I know you wanted that to land. That didn't land, buddy. I'm sorry. That, that, that was cheeky, but that, that wasn't that cheeky. Although... He made me <sighs> miss. Ugh. Oh, man. If there's, a, if there's a pitfall in the Daredevil movie, it's probably that. <laughs> and, Bullseye. And... <laughs> and points at his head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a blast with that movie, man. Even back then. I mean, it's, it's, it's very... 2000 superhero right mm-hmm. it's very much that although kills that old, kills an old lady with a peanut <laughs> now that, oh that's right he does i forgot he about kills that the old lady with a peanut. that's right yeah <laughs> i do wonder if they're gonna bring back bullseye for a devil daredevil reborn born again wow i don't know why i said yeah. reborn. i mean as long as feral plays him i'm fine <laughs> no i want special agent poindexter from the netflix show to come back that's what i want <laughs> I need that. I need that yeah. version of, of Bullseye. That's what I need. <laughs> Actually, now now it'd be really cool to bring it back to Penguin if they had, like, you know, if all these mob bosses hire assassins to go after each other and Deadshot's one of the assassins. That would be cool. Because, I mean, you know, this is, a, this is a dark, real world, and I feel like certain assassin-like characters or even just certain mercenaries can fit in this world, and I absolutely feel like Deadshot could be on that in that docket somewhere i don't don't know now to see to kind of go along one thought that i had when thinking about this we're gonna have all these crime bosses black mask that'd be nice i think that'd be kind of a neat thing to introduce i would also really like to see some nods to the animated series like for example like what if they did like roland daggett rupert thorne dude i'd love if daggett was in there because yeah daggett was in what, what he was in rises, rises wasn't he it wasn't roland daggett it, it was john daggett was, but yeah, yeah it was it was just, it was a nice nod it was a nod but i was just like eh i it's just a nod in the sense that the last name was daggett Did i you ever, want i want roland daggett from the animated series in there i kind of want rupert thorne that'd be sweet I'd, I'd and you know what you could probably get paul walter hauser to play rupert thorne i feel like he could give a a nice opposite exchange there to, to Farrell's penguin yeah and you know showcase hauser's range too because i mean i'm not trying to be mean here but but rupert thorne is notoriously a a a bigger gentleman you know who probably you know he's slimmed down now you know who probably would have been a good rupert thorne john goodman oh that's great that's actually really good casting right there yeah i mean he could still pull it off and you know he's still he's slimmed down but actually you know what kind of a heavier dude he's like the perfect age for that role now yeah I think I could, he could do it. Yeah, I could absolutely see like John Goodman now being Rupert Thorne. That'd be, man, that'd be great. He Will it happen? He would bring an intensity to that character. Well, since we're talking about it on a podcast, it's absolutely not going to happen now. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's usually how shit works. Like you talk about it, and people yeah. are like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea," and then it never happens. <laughs> yeah. Except the one time it actually did happen, it was John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic, and that lasted all of five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And then Never he, again. Yeah, then he literally gets ripped to shreds. Yeah. I still like Multiverse of Madness, but that was that was, that was a shame. <laughs> that was, that was he, a bit of a shame. He came and he went. Yes, yes, he did. Like sliced bread. Or spaghetti. Take your I was, pick. Just, I was about to say, like, 
More like spaghetti going through a grinder. Yeah, and that grinder's Scarlet Witch. Anyway, I just, I really kind of need to see more of this, but I I doubt we're going to see anything for this. I would actually guess maybe Comic-Con. Yeah. That first, t- first, first full trailer. Yep. That we actually see what it, the story's going to be like. Yeah, that to me feels like the safe spot of where you would show off anything from the Penguin Show would be Comic Con, because yep. that's usually where you know it. Because it's it's become a lot more than just comics. San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, whatever. Obviously, the last two, be it San Diego or New York, didn't have a live action or television yeah. pre- much either or because Hollywood was striking, so we weren't mm-hmm. going to get much of anything, if anything at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the perfect place to do a reveal for that show or like showcase anything from it, Comic-Con. Absolutely. I mean, it'd be nice to get something at CCXP, but I doubt it. Which is the Brazilian, which is basically the Brazilian equivalent of San Diego or New York. And that happens in the beginning of December. So, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. But yeah, I, I honestly think like. Oh, you know what? Depending on how far along they're filming for the Batman, we could even see something for part two at Comic-Con, maybe. At least a teaser. Maybe. I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, production is supposed to... It, it was supposed to begin this month, but I yeah. doubt yeah, that's probably happening. probably not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I honestly think that the Batman part two is probably going to go into production around the same time, if not later than uh, Superman Legacy, because Superman Legacy is supposed to hit production... They're supposed to start filming that in March. Like, they moved the date from January to March, but it's still apparently going to meet its July 11th, 2025 date. And the Yeah, ba- Gunn Gun did recently confirm that, didn't he? He did, yeah. And they, they also said that, as far as I know, the, the Batman Part 2 is still slated for October of 2025. Crazy. Which, you'd have to wonder, if it's keeping that October 2025 date, is it going to be centered around halloween again that's what is, i was about to say like because i mean the, the the initial movie takes a lot of inspiration from the long halloween yeah. and i think we've even said on this show that that it wouldn't at all shock us if the entirety of what matt reeves saga is is going to encapsulate would would heavily be drawn from the long halloween just in mm-hmm. longer format you know yep but given that you know hush is rumored to be a villain clayface is rumored to be a villain it anything's game at this point i know there's also apparently a scarecrow film in the works too maybe i don't know i i saw that from i don't know if it was a trade or if it hmm. was from a, a, a scooper i honestly don't recall where the source from that came from but yeah i did see that allegedly a scarecrow film is in the works in that universe that would be would it be i wonder would that be a full-fledged theatrical release or would that be an hbo max thing that's a good question or, i'm sorry max sorry no, you can still call it HBO Max. <laughs> I mean, hell, people don't call X X; they call it yeah, Twitter true. still. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I I I know Max has become like the 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 verb for HBO Max because that's basically by verb I mean verbiage. But you know, it's neither here nor there. It's it's going to hit a Warner service or it's going to go straight to the theater, depending on how big the budget is. And honestly, you know, if you look at the track record for films in the past, in at least the last year horror films are the only big ones turning a profit outside of something like a Barbie or an Oppenheimer or even a Super Mario. Yeah. It's purely because of the fact that their budgets are super low. And honestly, with a character like Scarecrow, I can't imagine getting a budget of $100 million for that. Like, No, not no, at all. Not at all. 
And if it's if it's set in the Reeves world, then the focus is not going to be on making a you know big you know budget blockbuster. This is gonna no. it would be a very character driven. I honestly probably be along the lines of uh, Todd Phillips Joker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it would absolutely probably land at, at the very least in like the forty, fifty, maybe sixty million dollar budget range for something like that. Yeah, it would be a very dark and disturbing look at the evolution of the character into the Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, I could absolutely see something like that. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be, like, you don't have to tread on what's come before. Like, you don't have to have the Scarecrow be a, a doctor at Arkham. You could absolutely no, take it, take a more, like, animated series approach where he, he starts off as, like, a Gotham City University professor. Mm-hmm. And you slowly see this professor, like, turn into the Scarecrow that we know or at least the beginnings of the Scarecrow that we know, because that's what Matt Reeves has essentially been doing with a lot of these characters, like specifically the Joker. You know, I could see a version of Scarecrow where he slowly slips into a maddened state by experimenting on his college students. Yeah. But that's, you know, all hearsay, rumors, blah, 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 blah. I don't really know if there's any actual fact to that Scarecrow um, rumor or even... I'd look it up, but I don't want to get the the keyboard typing in the in the recording. But yeah, as far as I know, um, a scarecrow film may or may not happen. So it's going to be interesting to see if it actually does happen. I as again, if it is set in the Reeves verse, I'm all for it because I want to know. I want to see more about that world and more about these characters. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I feel like that's the goal for Matt Reeves is he wants to really flesh out this world. For, like, he wants to flesh out a fully-fledged Batman world with Batman characters, which yeah. makes sense to me, right? Yep. Let's see. Yeah, no, I'm still not seeing anything here. It, yeah, no, I don't see... It had to have been... Um, it had to have been from, like, a, a scooper or something, because I'm just not seeing an, any official trade run come from this, this story at all. Because, like... Oh, yep. Yeah, it's from a rumor. Yeah, so there's literally nothing more, no more traction to that. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. A Scarecrow movie may or may not happen. I know that, that they wanted to, like, I think there was that Hollywood Reporter article that came out like a year ago where they talked about Scarecrow, Professor Pig, and Clayface specifically. Yeah, I remember. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. I think we did, but now just the the idea of professor pig in the reeves verse was oh boy yeah i mean you know the tone of the reeves verse is very much in line with characters like that i mean batman is a very dark detective in this in in that first film and i feel like they're going to carry a lot of that those elements forward so you know getting a character in there like professor pig or scarecrow it, it just makes sense right yep uh speaking of batman worlds let's go jump into another universe i.e mm-hmm. james gunn's dc universe um so this rumor there's another rumor here i don't know why we're entertaining rumors because we we have stuff to talk about we don't really have stuff to talk about but it gives us stuff <laughs> to talk about but this came from the dcu leaks on reddit uh, apparently uh, john logan is rumored to be penning the script for brave and the bold and he has formally written uh films such as gladiator the aviator hugo and skyfall now uh the only ones i'm familiar with on this list are gladiator and skyfall yeah that sounds about the same for me yeah that's i think that's the only stuff i'm familiar with them on yeah 
yeah, I mean, those two projects are the ones that, at least to me, feel like they would line up with what this project is intended to present in a way, I suppose. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the Batman and Son story that this this movie is being inspired by, you know, obviously Damian Wayne is the Robin, and, you know, Bruce is Batman, and it's the, it's the father-son dynamic that he, you know, he's a father finding out he has a son for the first time, like a legitimate biological son. So, to me... Again, like Skyfall, because you have, like, you know, the, the Bondian elements there for Batman, but then you've got Gladiator there for the brutal elements of Damien. And I'm just like, yeah, I could see why this guy could potentially be penning the Brave and the Bold script. It makes, it like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? I mean, he's apparently he's, uh, three-time Oscar-nominated, so. Was he? Really? Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at his IMDb right now. Let's see. Huh. Interesting. I know there's some other stuff on his resume that I am probably glossing over. Oh, he wrote for Penny Dreadful. Wow. Interesting. Oh, he also wrote Rango. Oh, I was gonna, yeah, I just noticed that. Rango. I yeah. love Rango. I love that movie. Eh. He wrote, um, the screen, he wrote the screenplay for Sweeney Todd, wrote the screenplay, written The Aviator, wrote the screenplay for The Last Samurai. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He wrote Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. Screenplay for Star Trek Nemesis and it, story. Yeah. And, and, wow, yeah, he was also Sweeney Todd, as you mentioned, Hugo Skyfall. Spectre, yeah. too. He wrote Spectre. Oh, wow. He even did... He was even part of the, the writing crew for Alien Covenant. Huh. Interesting. That's a pretty... You know, that's a very interesting range of projects. So I think... Kind of like what you're saying. That kind of gives me... I'm very curious to see the direction in terms of tone that Gunn takes Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Because this is a pretty diverse film uh, amount of film sailor you know you've got i wouldn't say rango's like a family friendly film but it's you know animated so you've got an animated film in there you've got gladiator you've got sweeney todd which is definitely on the darker side star trek nemesis the bond films so it's a pretty good variety of stuff there well i mean given given the nature of what this this story encapsulates you know you kind of have to balance you know darker elements with i'm sure whatever tone that gun is aiming for for the, the universe as a whole but even still like the whole point that james gunn has mentioned that each project will be distinct and different and be you know catering to whoever works on it i mean obviously with swamp something like swamp thing james mangold's probably going to take it all out and go pretty dark with it but i feel yeah. like with like batman brave and the bold you're going to want to try and separate yourself a little bit from the Batman. I mean, yeah, it's got to be dark, but at the same time, like, you know, with a character like Damien, yes, there is a lot of edge there, but I also think that there's a lot of room there for some really subtle humor with an assassin oh, child. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. And Batman trying to deal with his his newfound assassin son. True. But then it's also important to remember that this is, they've said, like, Saffron and Gunn have said, like, this is the bat family movie so 
I would yep. anticipate, and, and even like looking at the Bond films, right? Like Bond has his Q. Bond yep. has a crew occasionally. Yeah. To me, if you're going to tell us Bat Family, then I'm automatically going to try and not really assume, but I'm just going to guess like Nightwing. Like you can almost mm-hmm. guarantee Nightwing's probably going to be in this movie. If if uh, Damien's in there, Nightwing's got to be in there. 100%. And Alfred, that's a given. Yep. And then you've also got to factor in, like, I think we've even said before, no doubt about it, there's probably going to be Talia in this film, too. Oh, for sure. Because how else is he going to find out about Damien, right? Like, you, 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 can't, you can't say, like, yes, we're doing batman and damian wayne and then completely gloss over the fact that his mother is talia al ghul like i I just don't see that happening at all i I truly think that talia al ghul will probably have a part to play in this film and also it's it's been over a decade since we've seen either ra's al ghul or talia al ghul in a batman film too because the last time they were seen were in nolan's trilogy yep but i also think the difference here is that it's not going to be that that real world like Nolan's had. It's going to be like, I, I feel like we're going to get more comic book Rachel Ghoul and, and Talia. Like, I, I truly think oh, we're going to get sure. the last pit, the whole nine, the League of Shadow, the League of Assassins, rather. Like, I, I think we're going to get all of that. Yeah. I just don't see it being, I mean, it could be, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I, the, the question begs, like, if you're doing Batman and Damien, who is the antagonist of that film? Is it Raish? Is it Talia? Is it another benevolent force that Batman's dealt with? Is it, like, Man-Bat? Is it something fantastical? You'd have to imagine that if you're going to really separate yourself from the Batman franchise that Matt Reeves is doing, you've got to have to lean into some of that fantastical stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think, you know, if the, if the rumor pans out and it is John Logan and he is penning the script, that would be, you know, I, I feel like just based on, you know, his, his resume of work, like, yeah, sure. You know, he's clear and even like looking at something like like Alien Covenant, which has like a, an ensemble cast of people in it. You kind of need someone who can write an ensemble cast because, again, you know, as we mentioned, like Bat Family, you can almost guarantee probably Nightwing's going to be in it. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Batgirl, whether or not it's it's Barbara, Cassie or Stephanie Brown. It does not matter to me. You can almost guarantee probably a Batgirl will be in there, too, maybe. And if they really, really wanted to throw in another bone in there. For the diehard fans, Red Hood. That would be cool. I don't know if it will happen, but it would be sick. Absolutely. Because, again, like, if you're going to do Damien as the Robin, you have to figure that Nightwing's probably already been Robin. So, at that point, who was the Robin after Nightwing? I doubt they're just going to go straight from from Dick to Damien. I, I wholeheartedly believe that there will be at least another robin if not two more if they if they if okay if they do jason and tim drake i'll be shocked i will be be, i will be i will be genuinely shocked because tim drake hasn't been seen since batman the animated series like at all yeah true because um they did batman the under the red hood movie which was written by judd winnick who did the original comic book and that was entirely all jason todd and nightwing as the Robins in that in that story, then mind you, this is also like right around the time that Damien first appeared in the comics because his first appearance. Oh no no no, no I'm wrong because Batman and Son was 2006, and Batman Under the Red Hood was 2010. So Damien was just kind of starting to come into his own because in 2009 was when Morrison did the Batman and Robin Batman Reborn run where Dick was Batman and Damien was Robin. So 
I don't know. All, all I'm getting at is, is I would absolutely die if I saw both Red Hood and Red Robin in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm that'd not, be crazy. Not holding my breath for it though, <laughs> because in um, the new the new Fifty Two animated movies that they did, they only did just Dick is Nightwing. They had Batgirl. They had uh, Batwoman and Batwing, but they went straight from Dick to Damien. They didn't. Yep. They didn't do yeah. Jason or or Tim. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I, time will tell. But I, I I'd really hope to see Red Hood. Like, if you do Red Hood in this, and he's just out there in Gotham being kind of a mercenary and kind of like another foil for Batman to be like, you know, you're my son, I failed you. And then he looks at Damien like, wait, you're my son. I can go right with you where I went wrong with Jason. You know, you can you have a lot of playing room there with Batman as a parent because he can look at all these other, you know, children that he's effectively adopted and be like, I know where I failed with you. I know where I failed with you. I know where I failed with you. I'm yeah. not going to make these mistakes with him, even though that one, Damien, is going to be the toughest one to crack because he is an assassin. <laughs> so and he's going to be hard set in his ways of uh, kill first questions later. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think I've even said on an episode before, if they actually do the great, if they pull straight from that book and they have him behead like a villain or even anarchy, oh, man, I'd, li- I'd die of laughter. I'd die- that would be prime. Absolutely prime. But it's really funny that um, this movie doesn't quite have a nailed down script because Gunn said, you know, we're not casting Batman anytime soon due to no script yet. But it's ironic because they just announced that Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, just got a writer. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me I'm going to pull up my phone because I don't remember who's writing Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. What is and <clears throat> remind me? Do we remember when are they planning on Brave and the Bold's release? Uh, they haven't nailed down release date past Superman Legacy. That's that's right. Yeah, Legacy is not till twenty twenty five. Right, and even then, the next film on the docket after Superman Legacy is The Authority, which I fi- again I find very interesting that they've got a writer on one of the last films in the in this new DCU as opposed to trying to nail down writers for, yeah. you know, authority and brave and the bold first. Cause those ones are next. However, it's important to note that Andy Muschietti is absolutely doing brave and the bold, but as of right now, his, t- all of his time and focus is set on that, um, that prequel series. Welcome to dairy. The, the it prequel series that he did to his, um, to his two movies. Hmm. Okay. So I've, I've got it pulled up here on my phone. This is from deadline, Justin Kroll. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie at DC Studios finds writer Anna Noguera. I I probably butchered the shit out of that. I apologize. (laughs) But has been set to write Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow for Warner Brothers and DC Studios. The project is a standalone film that will follow Kara Zor-El, the cousin of Superman. The film is still in early development. No director is attached at the time. Plot details for this pick are still vague. The original comic follows Supergirl and gets caught up by a young alien girl's quest for revenge. The film is a big part of DC Studios co-chiefs Gunn and Saffron's grand plan to relaunch the DC Universe starting with Superman Legacy. That Gunn is writing and directing with David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan starring next. Starting with them starring in it, production for that film will begin, as I mentioned earlier, in March. Now, apparently, Miss um, Noguera... The actress turned playwright most recently penned her off-Broadway play Which Way to the Stage, debuted in 2022. On the film side, she's adapting the novel Mothers, Lock Up Your Daughters for 21 Laps Entertainment. She's rep by CAA, Howard Green Entertainment, and Goodman Janow. 
And that's all there is to it. So I just find it very interesting that they have a writer for a film that's not even coming out for a few years. But as far as Brave and the Bold goes, they still have not announced a writer. And they haven't even announced a writer or director for The Authority yet either. Yeah, that is strange. Very strange. But hey, <laughs> you know, like I, I think Gunn mentioned, like they're not going to film anything before they, you know, have a, a script nailed down tight. And I'm like, good. That's the yeah. way to do it. Thank goodness. So... I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to shake out. They might even like move movies around, move TV shows around to accommodate things after the strikes. I don't know. I know Creature Commandos is still slated to come out next year. That is something I'm kind of surprised by. That, but again, I mean, a lot of these projects are so far off. That's probably why they didn't have to move anything around during the strikes. But you never know with how long this strike took, what kind of implications it had so... on their ideas i did see gun talk about this as far as creature commandos is concerned creature commandos is moving for is staying at its date purely because of the fact that by the time the strikes happened they already had all the voices done so all everything that had happened either post-strike or during the strike was probably all animation mm, which okay. wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all and uh well i'm, I'm not really too versed in, in how the animation side of things works because typically you get the animation then you do the voices so whatever they're doing in, intermittently could have been, like, I don't know, editing effects, yeah. maybe. I, I, I just don't know. I don't I don't really know that side of the entertainment industry as, as more well-versed as I am as far as, like, film production goes. But, yeah, as far as I know, they had the voices done before any strikes took place. Okay. And if any ADR is needed, they're probably doing it now leading into the beginning of next year before they put out the final product sometime next year i'd imagine that if creature commandos was going to release at any point spring or summer 2024 and that's just my yeah, guess probably that's just a guess honestly but i i don't know i don't even know how amanda, the amanda waller show even makes it to next year because of the fact that they their hollywood was striking from like june to now yeah so as far as like production, script writing, like all that, I I I, I honestly think that Amanda Wall the Waller show might get pushed to twenty twenty five, but I don't know. I I just we, I don't think there's enough information out there openly to to make a a hard judgment on it. You're just we're just guessing at this point. But um, speaking of animation, there was a trailer for an animated Batman movie coming out next year. Yeah, Married Little Batman, which. We were we talked about this. I don't know if it was the episode before our last one, the pitch movie meeting one, but um, this was a, an interesting one we'd heard about, and now we finally have a look at it, and it's kind of charming and pretty cute, all things yeah, considered. I think I've been seeing a lot of obviously, as the internet goes, a lot of people angry about it, but it's like. This is clearly a kid's animated film. This is intended for you to just have fun watching. This is not supposed to be taken seriously. Oh, no. Not at all. I mean, come on. They got the dude who, the what is it, the writer for, or, uh, yeah, the writer for Regular Show is directing this. Yeah. That, yeah that... He's not going to come in and make this edgy, adult-centered animated Batman film. I mean, what's funny is, like, I remember reading an interview with, it might have been the writer, it might have been even the director. Um, they were talking about how they conceptualized it, and that at first they want they were, like, leaning towards doing Damien a little more traditionally. But then they were like, no, 
let's make him younger and make yeah. him like more childish i guess would be the best way to say it without sounding like you know um disparaging right yeah and even the trailer itself is like very evocative the animation style at least to me feels like a blend of um misadventures of flapjack gravity falls and super jail you know what it it literally the way it's drawn it literally feels like you're watching a christmas like storybook yes so it's like i don't get this outrage that people are having like oh i expected it to be violent and bloody and it's like guys not it not everything has to be that right it's okay to have a little fun yeah i mean look at batman brave and the bold the tv show yeah like that that is the perfect marriage there of having serious batman and funny batman yeah and he's also teaming up with other characters in the dc universe so i i I, I don't get it why, you know, a lot of hardcore fans have to, like, they, they just hone in on, no, it needs to be this way all the time. And it's like, no, that's ridiculous. There's there's a reason why the character of Batman is so malleable, because you can stretch him as much as you want. He can fit in all these different molds. So it's just it's it's just funny to me, because I see a lot of that, too. Like, man, yeah. it's too kiddy. It's too, you know, goofy. And I'm like, that's the point. Yeah, it, it's it's a child taking the reins of. I mean, they've been story. saying since when we first started seeing rumors of this about what a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. They were pretty upfront at saying this was basically going to be Home Alone meets Batman. Yep. So it's like, what did you think was going to happen? And that trailer was very much Home Alone meets Batman. Yeah, very much. Like Luke Wilson voicing Batman is actually pretty funny. Yeah, I like that too. I also find a lot of the character designs. I'm not going to say hit or miss. I'll just say interesting. Yeah. Because, like, Alfred, for example, looks very decrepit in, <laughs> he it, looks, in he certain looks like respects. He's on his last, he looks like he's on his last legs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even, like, uh, Poison Ivy and the Penguin, they look older, right? Yeah. And I, I even did a little bit of digging. I mentioned it to you and, and Terrence in our group chat that, you know, um, they they avidly made the choice to make them all older. Like Batman is pushing fifty, the yeah. Joker is like pushing sixty, and if you look at like Penguin and Poison Ivy, it's yes, these are clearly like grandparent level age for these supervillains, and I'm well, fine I, with I, it. I've got no problem. I like that they got freaking what's uh, James Cromwell to be Alfred. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That is great, and even like the the whole bit of uh, you know because because the whole plot kind of hinges on Batman taking off before Christmas. And he's like, I'm going to be back before Christmas. Don't worry. Then he gets like he crash lands in a snowfield <laughs> yeah. on his way to help the justice league. And even before he leaves, Alfred makes a joke about like, uh, so shouldn't you like shave? Cause he's got yeah. a beard. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, then Batman goes, no, it up, it ups my intimidation game. And then, ba- <laughs> and then Alfred goes, you've got some donut crumbs in your intimidation game, sir. <laughs> Genuinely laughed out loud at that at yeah. my job. When I was watching the trailer, I, I laughed out loud at my desk at that. That was hilarious. Well, and that's, that's why I was myself. I was really interested in this because the fact that Mike Roth was directing it, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter and I, we, one of our go-to shows is regular show. We've been watching it ever since she was about, I'd say about five or six. We've yeah. seen every single episode. The show's not for everybody, but the show does have a really good fine line of, it's very funny. It's very self-aware. has a lot of jokes that kids just won't catch. And I think that's going to be the case with this. Yeah. It's going to be very kid-friendly, but I think 
they know what they're doing with this. They're going to throw a lot of jokes in there that we as adults are going to catch. And I think as Batman fans, I think this thing is going to be filled with references. Well, to even bring drive that point home forward, when Damien goes down to the Bat Cave and he sees yeah, all the Bat suits, yeah. right? Like he he yeah. looks at he looks at the OG suit <laughs> from the first appearance of batman he's and like uh, schumacher yeah yeah he sees he sees the og suit and he's like oh that's too saggy and then he looks at the the schumacher suit and he goes oh there's nothing memorable here <laughs> yeah. and then he sees his name under one he goes oh wow dad made me a suit and then they literally they they homage forever and batman and robin with the suit up even tushy and all i was like okay this is brilliant this is hilarious and then to drive the drive it even further he turns around and goes and 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 gives a line from batman 89 wait till they get a load of me i was like oh that's great i love that yeah this thing is gonna be there's gonna be so many like it's gonna be that leonardo dicaprio meme from what we're just gonna be like i know that i know that what's upon a time in hollywood you're right yes yes and i think (laughs) i think i did that when they showed Mr. Freeze. Yeah, same. Cause, when I heard Freeze's voice, oh, I, man. I, for those that listen to the podcast, you know I like to throw in that Freeze voice every now and then. Hearing that, I that was my laugh out loud moment. I couldn't stop laughing. I had such a ball with that. It was so like, oh, did the thing. He yep. did the thing. And it was just, it was grand. I loved it. And I also really like. I think you even mentioned that if they have ba- they have Bane in this movie, if yeah. if Bane is in this movie and all he says is Bane, oh man, I want Bane to just be the whole anything he says, Bane. <laughs> oh my god! And if they give... I love, and I I noticed that like I, it's a very quick scene, but I did notice like like you were saying these characters are much older. Mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, the penguin he has a go kart. Ah. He has he has a cart like the Walmart carts, yep. and he drives around in it. Yep. I hope he's got a Devito voice. That's yeah. I remember you say that you said that in the chat, and I you said like, it. Yes, you or said did it. I? You okay. did. It was you. Yeah, you're the one yeah. who brought it up. I was like, you know, if they're if they're doing Mister Freeze like they did Arnold, I could I could see them taking inspiration from other places. Okay, here's what I want him to do: the Devito voice, but the '66. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I even said, "Well, you may as well just get Uma Thurman to voice Poison Ivy at this point." Yeah, exactly. Because I, yeah, she looks good for her age. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at Poison Ivy in this movie, you're like, yeah, she, she, she's been through it. <laughs> let's just call her Granny Ivy. Yeah. How about that, Granny yeah. Ivy? Sounds good to me. But no, I, I think the animation for it looks super fluid. Again, very, very Gravity Falls and more than anything, I think, personally. I mean, I mentioned in the group chat, I think the Riddler looks like he's straight out of Super Jail. Yeah, absolutely. They made him, he looks, he looks the most cartoonish out of all the characters. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense, though, because you notice he does very much kind of evoke that 66 Riddler look. Yes. it It's very much a Frank Gorshin, Jim Carrey look. And I'm fine with that. I yeah. Riddler's one of my favorites. You can put him in the bowler cap. You can have him in the spandex. I really don't give a shit. Riddler's one of my favorites. He always has been. I'm. You put Riddler in a Batman movie, I'm going to watch it. Now, on top of that, now, now, there's another Batman movie to throw on during Christmas that's not Batman Returns. Yeah, and one that kids can actually enjoy. Because, I mean, Batman Returns, is it strictly for adults? I wouldn't say necessarily, but there's quite a few moments that uh, 
kids probably won't enjoy. <laughs> See, I'm going to be a terrible parent. Every Christmas I'm watching Batman Returns, whether I have a child or not. And if my child watches Batman Returns, they watch Batman Returns. And, well, if I scar them for life, I scar them for life. And I'm a terrible parent. But I'm yeah, not a parent. It is what it is. I'm not a parent yet. So don't really have to worry about that yet. Not hinting at anything at all. <laughs> No, believe me, that is not a hint at anything at all, people. I am not I, I am not about to be a father. Just take my word for it right there. No, no, no. But in the event I ever have a child, yes, every Christmas, Batman returns, and it's happening. And if they watch it, they watch it. That's just how <laughs> that, how it's going to shake down in my house. Anyway, back to Merry Little Batman. No, I, I, I thought it was cute. It's clever, charming. Like, I, I'm absolutely going to watch it, and I'm sure we'll we'll probably review it for Christmas around once, once Christmas time gets closer. I mean, it comes out... December 8th on Amazon Prime Video, so um, I'm sure Craig and I will probably check it out if we get the chance to. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't doubt one bit that Terrence is probably going to check that out with his kids. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Cause it, it, if, I'll probably, Addie and I, my daughter, we'll probably watch that together because, like I said, uh, what was it, a year and a half ago, she and I watched um, Batman versus TMNT leading up to our review of it, and she adored that film. Right. So I think she's going to have a blast with this one. Oh, I don't doubt that one bit. Yeah, especially if you guys like regular show. So. Yep. And it, yep. it, it looks like it's in that same animation style as, like, like you mentioned, regular show. I mentioned Flapjack and um, yep. Gravity Falls and a little bit of Super Gel there, too. So, yeah, I mean, it, it looks charming. And, then, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I think a lot of DC fans – not us per se, or even people that I associate with, I think, you know, level-headed DC fans, they look at this and go, oh yeah, it's it's a great entry point for your younger audience. Yep. And I it's feel like... Okay, it's okay to have things where younger kids can enjoy it. Not everything has to be directed to us 30, 40, you know, 20, 30s, 40-somethings that have grown up with this stuff. Right, and even then, like, we grew up on something like Batman the Animated Series where you've got Batman calling criminals like you lying sleaze and like yeah. intimidating people with jars of poison above their heads and like you know batman just doing some real dark shit right like that's what we grew up on and now we're looking at this like you know this is what batman and robin tried to be and it's probably going to succeed where batman and robin failed yes yeah i mean even so much so they they took mr freeze from that movie and kind of put it in this movie which yep. I, i'm gonna have to go back and watch that trailer again because i want to get a like i want to put i want to get a still of what mr freeze looks like in this movie because i'm very i i just really like some of the the goofy like aesthetical look of, uh, of some of these characters like even the joker in this movie just looks hilarious he's got yeah. super long hair he's got a big pointed nose oh man i, I don't even remember who's voicing him in this movie but it, he sounds sinister and and jokey all at the same time so let me look it up real quick. Merry little Batman. Let's see. There's the IMDb listing. We've got... Why is my phone being so slow right now? God damn it. Here we go. Merry little Batman. The wiki page. So the cast. We've got uh, Jonas Kibrib as Damian Wayne. Probably butchered that name. Um, Luke Wilson, as I mentioned, as Bruce Wayne. Batman as... You mentioned Craig James Cromwell as Alfred Pennyworth. Yep. David Hornsby as the Joker. There we go. Mm, okay. Oh, you know what? Even just looking at the wiki, I even just forgot. Like, in April 2023, it was reported that a television series based on the film titled Bat Family was in development for Amazon Prime Video. The series will center around Batman, Alfred, Damien, 
and a few newcomers to Wayne Manor as they navigate the fun and frustrations of life as a super family. Huh. Interesting. So it sounds like this is kind of a, a launch pad for a little bit of a... a sh- a show, maybe. Yeah, probably. Or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe like, every year there's another animated film like this. Like, maybe this is a string of animated films. Could you imagine if they riff Halloween in this? That'd be sweet. <laughs> like, like, Batman has to go on another mission with the Justice League, and, like, he tasks, like, Nightwing or Red Hood to take Damien out trick-or-treating, and then it winds up being him against Scarecrow. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if that'll actually happen, but if it did, that'd be cool. But yeah, no. That'd be great. I think it's safe to say Craig and I are actually really looking forward to this one, so. Yeah, I'm down for it. Expect a future review of Merry Little Batman here on the Eternal Night Podcast for your holiday enjoyment. Really? You're not gonna you're you're not gonna chime in with it? You're not gonna add a yes? Okay, fine. I guess I'm alone on that island shit. No, no, seriously, like I, I feel like that's absolutely probably in the cards for uh Christmas time. Definitely. Yeah, Most sure. definitely. But you know what's not coming this Christmas? Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's slated for February second, twenty twenty four. It hurts my heart. And it looks like DC's Fortnite. This looks horrendous. Like, I know we don't talk about video games too often on this show, but, you know, you and I both worked at GameStop. We have a history of video games, and, man, this, this trend that Warner Brothers is going on with their video games, man, I'm just not, I'm not down for it. And I think this Suicide Squad game could be the nail in the coffin. Now, is that supposed to be a sense of irony, considering the team is the Suicide Squad? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Ah, sheesh. uh, Okay, so I think you brought up a really great point in that not only did we both work at GameStop, but we're also very huge Batman Arkham fans. And this is being made by the same studio who did the Batman Arkham trilogy. Minus Arkham Origins, because that's not technically part of a trilogy. It was from Warner Brothers Montreal, but regardless, it amazes me that the same studio that gave the quality that that trilogy had caved into the modern pop culture zeitgeist that is Fortnite and went, let's make a Suicide Squad action RPG. And it looks terrible. It it looks bad. It it doesn't look fun. Like, I, I, mean, I was I was questioning this from the moment it got announced because I was like, how is a Suicide Squad game going to work with Rocksteady's style of games? Mm-hmm. And I had this feeling that they were going in like this live service game direction, and unfortunately, that it definitely seems that's the case for this. There's an asterisk though. Apparently, the Wonder Woman game from Monolith is not going to be heard that. About this too. So yeah. Thank God that that, no pun intended, thank God that Wonder Woman is being left alone and being developed by Monolith and it's going to have that Shadows of Mordor feel to it. Like, yes, give me a Wonder Woman game where she has a sword and shield and she's just killing people left and right. I'm here for it. Like, I I want to play that. Yeah, instead we have a Suicide Squad game with Captain Boomerang who doesn't use boomerangs. None of this makes friggin' sense. Not like 
I don't even know where to begin, honestly. Like, yeah. when, when it was either you or Terrence, when you guys showed that trailer, that, you know, that podcast no, that Rocksteady's doing, it was, yeah, okay, it was so, me. so when, when, when I watched, I watched all the entirety of that first bit of that 20 minutes and they kind of showcase like kind of how the game begins. It looks like we're going to break out of Arkham and then move into Metropolis, right? Cause yep. that, that's basically what it's looking like. And when they were going up the elevator and Manda Waller tells him, oh no, you're, you're getting in, put into a point where you're, you're, you're going to know. And someone says, uh, are we in, like, a so-and-so? And I immediately knew where they were going. I was like, no, they're in the Hall of Justice. Yep. Like, I knew right then and there. I was like, no, they're going in the Hall of Justice. And then, like, to, to take things even further, they're like, oh, if you want to maneuver around the game, if you want to get equipped, you're going to have to rob the Justice League. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? And, and the thing is, is, like, they break glass, they steal a bunch of items from the Justice League. I'm like... Shouldn't there be a security system for this? <laughs> I mean, granted, all of Metropolis has been taken over by Brainiac, and so is the Justice League, the majority of them, apparently. But, like, still, you would think that, like, in the Hall of Justice of all places, if you're breaking into a case that has Batman's grapnel gun and glider, I would imagine a security protocol is supposed to go off, and it did not. But I mean, maybe I'm just looking a little too far into it. I don't know. I mean... Have you ever heard of Batman preparing for things? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. This just, man, like you you nailed it on the head that this is just, this is Fortnite. It, the look and feel of it, the way that, like, when they run and slide around the ground, this literally looks like Fortnite. And the thing is, too, I, I think I told you and Terrence this, like, Fortnite, to me, I, I get it. It's the n annoying game that all of our kids play. It's actually not that bad of a game. Like, the gameplay is fun. But to take something like that and put it into a studio like Rocksteady, who, like I said, gave us quite possibly the best superhero video games ever in the Arkham series, is just such a shame. I mean... The conversation Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man has entered the conversation yeah. for that. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that edge. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that the Batman Arkham trilogy is without a shadow of a doubt, like the best of the best cream of the crop superhero video game for sure. Yeah. But I, I, I think that when, when, when game developers do stuff like this, they, they try and capitalize on the big hit that is the now thing, right? Like mm -hmm. in, in this case right now, the big game is Fortnite. When we were working at GameStop, right as I was getting out of high school, the big thing was Call of Duty. Now, where I'm going with this, for a lot of you OG fans, Craig, you'll probably know where I'm going with this. I don't remember what studio did it, but they a lot of people tried to capitalize on the Call of Duty binge. And yeah. at the time, it was like right it was it was right as I was getting out of high school, probably early in college, I was working at GameStop, if not right after I got out of GameStop, there was a game called Gotham City Imposters. Yep, I remember that. And it's basically Call of Duty meets Batman. Yep. But the thing is, is you weren't the Bat family. You weren't any prominent DC characters. You were everyday Joes dressing up like Batman against people dressing up like Jokers. And it was it was Call of Duty meets Batman. And it's like, yeah, oh, okay. If I remember right. They're like they're like cultists or something like like they're obsessed yeah. with those characters. Yes. Very it's much like so. a turf war almost. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like a turf war game, more or less. It was it was turf wars before Pokemon Go was turf wars. 
but yeah like uh, that to me is what this feels like but in a much dread much more dreadful sense yeah because i don't want to play as harley quinn doing fortnite stuff yeah like i i would much rather i would have much rather have gotten a straight up suicide squad game right like like i would have much rather had a suicide squad game where you literally progress through a a couple missions that waller tasks you with and maybe each mission you play is a different character. As you progress through the mission, you have to bounce from one character to the next. I, I don't know, but I would have much preferred that with a lot more Arkham-style gameplay than this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't play Fortnite. I have no desire to play Fortnite. I tried Apex Legends. The whole Battle Royale shit is just not for me. Like, I, I even gave the most recent Call of Duty Warzone a try only because, only because they were doing like a, a a a season or whatever the hell it's called, based around Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I remember that, and I was intrigued by that too. And even then, after like an hour or two, I was like, "Yeah, I I, I just can't. This is just not my bag. This is just not for me." And I just I just can't get into it. And then I looked at this game, and I saw that trailer that we we shared in the group chat that you shared, and it was just like dude what are we doing what is this why 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 is why is the penguin now an anti-meta human <laughs> yeah. arms dealer when yeah. he was not that at all in the arkham trilogy i was like where's the continuity here this isn't even the same dead shot are they trying to say that like this is are they trying to oh this is an alternate timeline oh no in the arkhamverse oh no they are straight up like honest they were like oh no this takes place in the arkhamverse and i'm like well at what point because batman's still batman and we all know how arkham knight ended so does this take place before arkham knight i don't know and if it does why is this dead shot different from the one from arkham city you know what I, it's stuff like this where I just get too riled up and I'm like, I I, I am not going to be that gamer. I'm not going to throw my controller. I'm just going to be like, you know what? I learned my lesson with Gotham Knights. I'm just not, I'm just going to pass on this. It is just, this is a game I am not going to play. Yeah, and what I what I think pisses me off the most about this is the fact that, I think I pulled it up. Let me see if I still have my tab open. Yeah. Rocksteady started with Arkham Asylum back in 2009. We got Arkham City in 2011. We got Arkham Knight in 2015. That was the last, like, full-fledged game we got from Rocksteady. Yeah, yeah, okay, a year later, we got Batman Arkham VR, but I, eh, do you really count that? Not really. No. We have not had a new full-fledged game from Rocksteady in almost nine years and this is the game we're gonna get i would have preferred a green arrow game i would have taken a superman game yep but you know there were rumors for the longest time that a studio and i think rocksteady was one of the rumored studios Mm -hmm. was working on a superman game Mm -hmm. and if there's any game studio that i could trust that could do a legitimate superman game it would be rocksteady right 
I mean, no, no one really wants to revisit Superman 64 or Superman Returns. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I would have absolutely taken a Superman game over this. I mean, the caveat here is that, okay, at the very least, at least DC, Warner Brothers, they have the foresight to look at be like, okay, yeah, we're going to do live service stuff, but we're going to let Monolith make Wonder Woman. Good. Yep. Good. Let them. Let them. Leave it alone. Let them make it. Let them release it. And then let that show you why they need to do that as opposed to this. Like, I, I've got the, that video playing muted as we're talking. And just, like, seeing King Shark flying around like a Fortnite character and landing with, like, neon blue colors as he lands. And it's just like, what is this? Hell, I would have taken an Aquaman game if I'm being brutally honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, I, I would have loved to have seen, like, an Aquaman game where I'm swimming through Atlantis and I gotta stop Black Mana or Orm. Like, yeah. And maybe fast travel is through, like, a shark or something. I, I don't know. Like, I just have no words, man. Like, the, if there's a disappointment among us as gamers and DC mm -hmm. fans, it's this. And the, the 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 disappointment is universal. Best believe that because people online are like, "Yeah, no, we don't yeah. want to touch this. We don't want this. This is this doesn't look appealing." At least, at least Gotham Knights they they drew people in with like, "Oh yeah, Batman's dead, and it's gonna be the Bat Family, and you got to fight Clayface and Mister Freeze." And it's like, "Oh okay, sure. There's there's a draw there." But then you play the game and you're like, "Oh, this mm -hmm. is it. Okay." Like, that's how it was for me. I can't really speak for a few other people. Because I know a few other friends of mine played it and they enjoyed it. I was like, well, you know, good for you. But, yeah, no. This just... Here, uh, to tie it back to Batman, here's what's the most sad about it. Is this the last time we're going to hear Kevin Conroy's voice as Batman? Is it yes. this stupid game? Yes, this is his last turn as Batman. But I think his last overall voice credit could be in um, the Cape Crusader show. Because he is rumored to be voicing someone in that okay i'll take that but again it's gonna be his voice as someone else this yeah. is our last time hearing him as batman and that is a shame i almost feel like at this point especially with how long this game has been in development i mean this game's been delayed a few times they yep. have pushed this thing that you know it had that awful debut which i'm surprised it that it really doesn't look much different than when they debuted this thing. Why even have Batman in here? Like, I get maybe they want to pay tribute to their Batman because, I mean, without without Rocksteady, we wouldn't have the Arkham games. And right. because of the success of the Arkham games, Rocksteady is still going. Right. So I get that they want to pay tribute to that character, but I would have rather just said, guys, let's just let's let him rest. In fairness, the the game is called Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, and I'm like, well, even that is just like a why, mm -hmm. you know, like like why, you know, because obviously, like Brainiac's gotten a hold of all of them, and and to yeah. your point, even earlier as you mentioned, like Batman prepares for everything. We know Brainiac is like one of the biggest, baddest villains in DC, and I'm just like. You're going to sit here and tell me that the Justice League really didn't prep for a yeah. Brainiac invasion? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Like, come on. What? But hey, you know, Wonder Woman's in this game, and she's an ancillary supporting character who's not affected by by uh, 
Brainiac, from what I saw. Yeah. It looks like Flash escapes, but will probably later be brainwashed by Brainiac. Um, they showed off Jon Stewart as being one of the members brainwashed by Brainiac. Um, wouldn't shock me at all if some of the other bosses in this game were Aquaman, Hawkwoman or Hawkman, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And let's be honest. They're and not Superman. Gonna... And they're Superman. not going to kill anyone. I'd be they're shocked. Not gonna, I'd they're be not sh- going to kill a single one of these heroes. I'd be shocked if they did. I would be genuinely shocked if you if if that is the game. Like, and they they no pun intended here pulled the trigger, and you actually have to kill every member, every single member. Literally, one of the only like positives. And I know this has like been really dour talking on this, but I'm sorry, just nothing about this thing excites me. One of the only positive things that I kind of like about it is King Shark's voice because he's voiced by Samoa Joe from yeah. AEW. Yeah. And Samoa Joe did a damn good job as Sweet Tooth in the Twisted Metal show. I'll give you that, yeah. And it is nice to have Tara Strong back as Harley Quinn. That too. Yeah, yeah. But again, like, despite the fact that you may have some strong voice performances there, the whole concept of the game is just like a, okay cool yeah. i guess but like, i'm watching harley quinn like she's swinging around rooftops like spider-man yeah what is this yeah i don't get it i i don't try and get it i'm not trying to like i don't know i this is just a game where i'm like yeah no i'll wait for february because final fantasy 7 rebirth is coming in february <laughs> yeah. but yep. i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend money on this game no Nope. just ain't gonna happen i'll i will wait until the game is completed released and i'll watch all the cutscenes in it as as a movie yeah that's what i'll that's, do that's exactly what's gonna happen so that's how we feel about suicide squad kills the justice league <laughs> two thumbs up more like two thumbs down raging endorsement more like four thumbs down if we're being brutally <laughs> honest but yeah 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 i mean it's good stuff some not so good stuff but you know, time will tell. We got it's a lot life. of we got we got a lot of good stuff down the pipeline. Like Merry Little Batman comes out in under a month. Batman Part Two is in full swing, being written. Penguin started filming again. Brave and the Bold might have a new writer or a writer in general. So, yeah, I'm 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 for the most part pleased with what with what Batman content is coming our way. Yeah. So. I think that is actually a nice spot to put a pin in for this episode. Any any final words on anything that we've been talking about, buddy? Um, I feel like no, kinda... nothing much. We're kind of at that point now, you know. Like you said, the writer strike is over, so we're we're probably now. I'd say probably another month or so. More and more news about you know projects in the works are probably going to start coming out. Um, I mean, I for one, I'm just glad the writer strike is over, so that you know they're able these writers and the people that participated in these strikes are being able to get back to work and do what they love, but now hopefully have better benefits from it. Well, I think it's also telling that they probably put this out right as the actor strike ended too, because no one could do any kind of promotion for anything. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it is nice. It is nice that, 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 that bit of it is finally over. We don't have to worry about, you know, writers getting screwed out of residuals. We don't have to worry about actors being screwed because of AI. Like, yeah, it's it's just nice that that things are finally back in motion. Even though it took these studios close to six months to get this shit over with, and it's just like the irony here. The 
biggest irony here is here's what I'll cap us off with. There was an article that came out not too long ago. David Zaslav, head of Warner Brothers Discovery, said something to the effect of, I don't care if we overpay for top talent. And I'm just like, you guys drew this shit out for as long <laughs> yeah. as you did. And you, now you have the audacity to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't care if we overpay them. What do you mean overpay them? You pay them what they're effing worth, my guy, because you made yep. $295 million last year. Ugh, that, that one rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, dude, tone deaf. Completely tone deaf. Yep. Speaking do, of- do directors matter? Absolutely. But what is essential is the people that are writing these stories and these screenplays. As well as the actors given this material to work with. Yep. And even, like, the the irony of the backlash that they got for trying to can that Coyote vs. Acme movie. And now they're like, oh, no, no, yep. we're not, we're not going to write it off. Don't worry. We're going to we're, we're totally going to shop it. It's just like, why? Why yeah. would you shop it around? I mean, sure, if you guys really don't want to make any money off of it, by all means, shop it around. Because here's the irony here. The Coyote vs. Acme movie was done, completed, score, everything. Had really, really great test screenings. Like, upper mm-hmm. 90s. What studios f***ing strive for when it comes to these movies, right? Granted, The Flash also tested that well, too. And we yeah, all, true. <laughs> we all saw the results of that. But, in fairness, the people who worked on Coyote vs. Acme, people who had seen it were like, no, this is like the best thing, the best animation, live-action hybrid since Roger Rabbit. That's praise right there because there has not been a great live-action animation hybrid movie since Who Framed Roger Rabbit outside of that Chip and Dale movie that went to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, true. Yeah. And so, like, it's just, man, ooh, 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 ooh. And they just, they just want to just try and shelve that? And not make a profit off of it? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here? But you know what? Whatever. Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers Discovery, and they're just making some real asinine decisions lately. I'm glad they looked at that backlash and went, yeah, no, we should probably try and make some money off this the right <laughs> way. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. But uh, I think that is a perfect spot to end this. Um, anyone wants to follow me, you guys can follow me on the socials, just at Unfiltered. That's on Barrow Twitter instagram threads blue sky and x um you guys can follow the show t-e-k underscore podcast on instagram and x um you can also follow us along on podbean listen to us on itunes whatever your preference is excuse me craig where can people find you uh for now i'm just still just instagram craigie underscore omega i haven't dipped especially now with what's going on with uh x i'm staying even further away from that nonsense you still have, haven't dabbled in your threads in a while either have you yeah i've i've logged in and like kind of looked at it here and there but it you know i'm just trying to kind of almost figure out like how to really use it like i get that it's kind of just an offshoot of you know twitter but Minus trying DMs, to find yeah. yeah trying to find like ways to interact with the community in there i'm still trying to sort that out yeah, I'm, I'm on it, but I'm not avidly on it. I know a few mutuals of mine are on there, too, and they use it a lot more than I do because given the amount of socialing that I have, social media handles that I have, it's just it's a pain keeping up with all of it. I tell you, even just trying to get yeah. stuff on this show for the show's page, it's just I, I forget. Like, I genuinely forget, like, oh, <laughs> shit, we have an Instagram page. Oh, shit, we have a Facebook page. And it's like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot to post it. So I'm trying to be better about it, but, you know, time will tell. But as we always like to say, everybody, keep it classy in the cave. Take it easy. Have a great day or night. Enjoy your holiday weekends. Enjoy your holidays. 
Have a good night, day, whatever. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. When I think of the Justice League, I think of Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern. You don't want to mess with that lot. But you, Barry, you're just the team mascot, aren't you, mate? The loser of the league, folks. The fastest man alive. It's the Flash is alive, and he's playing for Team Brainiac. I gave you orders. Kill the Flash. Or I'll kill you myself. Cool, cool. Nothing can stop me! also another casting for superman legacy no i didn't hear about that okay so let me pull this up real quick because another a member of the authority was actually cast in superman legacy oh really yes yeah uh, a character called the engineer so um maria gabriella de ferrara yes she is playing a character called angela 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 spicer I'm guessing Spice. I can't imagine it'd be Spica. Yeah, no that 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 would just sound racist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Angela Spice, aka the Engineer. Yes, as reported by Deadline, the Venezuelan actress will play authority authority member Angela Spice, aka the Engineer, who can modify her liquid machinery body to form different types of weapons. So the thing is, is like what really what really like pissed me off about this is like. The, the trades were running it as like, oh, they cast a villain for Superman Legacy, and then James Gunn on Twitter, or not on Twitter, he was on Instagram, he was like, villain is such a disparaging term. And I'm like, thank you, because we <laughs> yeah. know that, that, char- that the authority is not the villains of this yeah. movie. <laughs> but the heavy rumor is that it's actually Brainiac. I, I mean, you've got to imagine that that's the direction we're going to go. You'd have to think, right? I, we, I can't imagine not another Zod. We we don't need Doomsday. We don't need the same character villain characters we've seen in films past. It's time to do something that fans have wanted. I'm sure many people have been wanting a live action Brainiac for who knows how long since Superman three. Yeah, with Richard Pryor. Oh wow! Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there is, <laughs> and I'm using quotes here. A version of Brainiac yeah. in that movie where it's just nothing more than a supercomputer. But yes, it's yeah. it is. I just, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there are. I heard rumors a while ago that Lex Luthor is apparently also possibly in this. 
wouldn't shock me if that's i mean you, you can't do superman without lex Luthor. that much yeah, is like abundantly yeah. clear but if your big bad is brainiac all right yeah i'm, I'm gonna watch it because i want to see superman versus brainiac i'm just kind of butthurt it's not henry cavill versus brainiac yeah but i digress like it, it that's cool that like you know we're getting members of the authority in this movie and like you know my interpretation of it is you know if you're if you're showcasing superman you're showcasing some members of like a justice league international with like green lantern hot girl mr terrific metamorpho and then you've got members of the authority here i can see there being like there's got to be some kind of conflict and obviously superman's on one end of the conflict the authority's probably on another end of the conflict and you got people in the justice league or members of the justice league or even just superheroes in general who are just looking at this whole situation like uh you two shouldn't be fighting each other you should be uh focusing on the bigger picture here yeah that's that's that feels like with the amount of characters in this movie i feel like that that's kind of the general direction that it feels like it's going in but i i don't know like we won't know shit until they start filming this movie like until there yeah. is a a full-on press release until there's like a full-on like when they release a plot synopsis that's when we'll finally know like what the hell is going on with superman legacy well and what's kind of weird to me now that i think about it what didn't gun say that like legacy was going to focus more on you know like clark dealing with you know embodying kind human kindness and like the fact that kindness is seen as old-fashioned so he kind of painted this picture of a more like i don't want to say like like more toned down superman a more chipper humble superman like a and it just to me that kind of description just Not tells to me that, that, that the film will be more i guess warm and not as like over the top and overbearing but then to have if you're gonna bring in a villain like brainiac who literally devastates entire planets and societies then yeah it, it's I, I feel like there's a big contrast there yeah i don't know i i feel like if superman's on one end of the spectrum in terms of how you deal with the situation he's approaching it from a more like kind and you know reserved perspective and then you've got members of the authority there who are like no we're a means to an end no we we do justice in the way we see fit yeah. i could see that playing as a as a point of contention in that film but when it comes to literally like a big bad in the form of brainiac yes you, you have a a literal world ending threat there who's like oh no i'm here to destroy shit and it's gonna happen and superman's probably looking at it like mm, no you're not I'm what I'm going to find interesting, though, remember the fallout that Man of Steel had because of the fact that Zod, who also happened to bring these big machines that were hell-bent on destroying the planet, and all of the angry fanboys, oh my god, I can't believe all the casualties that Superman allowed to happen and all the destruction, all the one... Okay, Brainiac, <laughs> uh, he's probably going to do some damage to the planet. He, there's going to be casualties if Brainiac comes to town. So I'll be curious if this film gets the same kind of criticism or if people are just like, oh, it's James Gunn, so it's cool. I wonder how many more people are going to get cast in this movie because I've heard... This is going to be a big cast, I think. He, he did say Jimmy Olsen's going to be in this movie. So that casting is inevitable at some point. Um, if the Daily Planet's a, a pivotal place of interest, you'd have to imagine Perry White's probably going to be there too. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't they are they already confirmed Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner? They did. Yes. Um, actually, funny enough, the one of the the Spider Girls in Madam Web is playing Hawk Girl, Isabel Merced. I was just about. To say, I thought I saw something about Hawk Girl being involved. Yes. And um, Eddie Gathigi is um, Mr. Terrific. He was uh, Darwin in X Men First Class. And then hmm. Anthony okay. Kerrigan, who played Victor Zaz in Gotham, is playing Metamorpho. And then, as we just oh, mentioned, okay. um, that Venezuelan actress is playing uh, the engineer, the authority member. So, yeah, I'm, this seems like a fairly stacked film. I'm going to guess that there's at least two, three, two or three members of the authority in this film. That's that's my guess. Yeah. And obviously, since that film is next on the docket, you'd have to imagine that. You know, it's it's only natural to like include them in this film, and then that ramps them up for that movie. Yep. Which, that's the big question mark for me. Like, you've got on that slate, that's the biggest one where I'm like, yeah, there's no way that movie's PG-13. Oh, no, not at all. There's absolutely no way that movie is PG-13. That, that has to be R-rated if you really want to go full frontal assault with those characters, because they yeah. are, they are, they deal justice in their own way. Like, if they have to kill, they will. And it's just very, that's, that's just how that group operates. So, I, I see that film being more tonally equivocal to something like Watchmen. I could see that. I just hope to God Matthew Vaughn isn't directing it. <laughs> Seriously, with all the crap that dude's been spewing, I'm just like, yeah, no, please, stay away from DC, stay away from Star Wars, just make your Kingsman movies and call it a day, because I don't, I do not want him making a DC movie. Like, at all. But, he might, I'm sure he will. He won't touch Star Wars, but you know, let's allowed taika waititi to make a goddamn star wars film you know it's funny i actually he was another one where i'm like yeah he's probably going to direct a, a dc project too <laughs> wouldn't shock me matter of fact no, thank you i wouldn't at all be shocked to see him take on booster gold that wouldn't shock that wouldn't surprise me at all Ugh. Ugh. get a little puke coming up <laughs> yeah I just, I don't doubt my, there's not a doubt in my mind that there's going to be a project there and Taika Waititi is going to be like, yeah, that's mine. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to be like, yeah, pass. I'm going to be all quirky and funny and show you that superheroes are dumb. You know, the only project I could see him actually taking and having it be worth a damn, Plastic Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. That's literally it. Other than that, keep him away from the Trinity. Keep him yeah. away from Justice League. I want him nowhere near the Trinity. I just... Mm, 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 mm. No thanks. Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Studios. If you would like to follow along with the show, you can do so. At, just search for T-E-K underscore podcast on X, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to listen to the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to leave us an email, feel free to do so, eternalnightpod at gmail.com. Thank you for your time.